Coming up next is an encore presentation of Lift Your Spirits Radio. Follow the song Which way the wind blows When this day is done Good morning out there. Uh, this is the Sustainability Sessions and I am your host, Rebecca Sayre. Uh, coming from you from my living room in Seattle and talking with my friend and former colleague, Corey Weathers, who is in Montana. He's going to be talking with us today about uh, what he is doing, uh, his innovative approach to travel with his company, Roam Beyond. And also we're going to talk about some greater trends that are occurring within the travel industry, looking at ways to be regenerative with our travel and give back to the communities that uh, we are engaging with. So hi there, Corey. Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's always nice to talk to you. Um, Likewise. Yeah. And for those out there, not that anybody cares too much, but Corey and I worked together, gosh, I realized it was 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago. I was thinking about that this morning. With friends in the Cedar River watershed, where we worked on doing habitat restoration along a beautiful river in King County that was uh, one of the last remaining strongholds of Chinook in the county. And uh, we engaged a whole bunch of community members in, in all sorts of great work. And we did some really innovative work working with youth, looking at our relationship to land and waters. And so it's... Um, I was thinking when we were working on getting the show together, how that experience for me, having come from working in the nonprofit sector for so many years, really made me look at the more deeply the relationship between business and and environmental policy and how we how we relate with the Absolutely. land and how that just needs to be integrated in every way. It's basically how we live, how we work has got to work within the system. And um, that experience was definitely formative for me there. And you have, uh, since that time, taken, taken your work in a different direction. And you started I with a, this beautiful uh, company, Homegrown Trailers. And if, if I recall correctly, it started because you wanted to build yourself uh, a sustainable I, travel option for your family. I did. I did. And it was actually just a few years after... Um, working on projects with Friends of the Cedar River Watershed that this whole concept came to be. Um, but I think, you know, to your point, you're, you're right, um, business and, um, and government and, and nonprofits, the, the more they can work together towards, towards common goals, the, the better off we're all going to be. Um, and I think as, as things have evolved over the last decade, there's a much stronger business case now for being a better steward of the environment and, and making better decisions that impact, you know, kind of people profit planet, triple bottom line kind of concepts. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the, um, the homegrown trailers concept came about sitting around a campfire in, in 2013 with a, a bunch of friends and uh, out rock climbing in, in Eastern Washington. And um, I, I then had a, a six-year-old daughter who, who is now 14, um, who was with me. And, um, and we started the, the conversation of, could we continue to adventure as we got older and, and had kids and, and mm -hmm. kids who wanted more comfort and, um, and that transition to the she idea was so of tiny when I knew her, she was, yeah, I know. It's hard to believe she's 14 now, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the cons, the, the conversation that night transitioned to, could we build a travel trailer that was as green as possible? And, and interestingly enough, one of the folks who was um, with me at the time, James Jenkins, who's one of my, my co-founders for Homegrown Trailers, um, was working on the Birchie School in Seattle, which was one of the first mm -hmm. Living Building Challenge projects 
in the world. Um, and a lot of people may know that now the International Living Future Institute is um, is doing projects and certifying projects, you know, all over the world. Um, some of the, the greenest office buildings and, and multifamily housing complexes and others. Um, and so we started well, with the idea. Unless quickly since we threw that out there. So yeah. living buildings are, are ones that are integrating energy and water and having a net zero impact on the environment and often adding things like habitat and greenery and water yes. recapture. And so in that vein, um, you guys talked about and how to do travel trailers. We did. And, and I mean, that they were really the first ones to kind of think more along the lines, I'd say, of, of regenerative um, concepts. You know, how can a building, how can a process regenerate the landscape? Um, and so, you know, that was we, we were not quite at that point. We just wanted to see if, if it was possible. And and so that became kind of a guiding principle along the way. You know, could we could we make a travel trailer that was as green as possible? Obviously, it had to be towed, but could it be towed by an electric vehicle? And, and there was a lot of thought that went into that. Um, and so we ended up launching um, about two, two and a half years later after that day. Um, and, and interestingly enough, I, I always like to tell this story, but um, I was giving a keynote address at um, a sustainable design and development conference up in Bellingham and um, talking about climate resilience and what was going on around the world in terms of people addressing um, climate change and building more resilient strategies for cities and infrastructure. And at the end, I talked about my little trailer that I had built because I had brought it with me and had stayed in it up in Bellingham when I was um, presenting at the conference. And afterwards, everyone came up and they wanted to know about the trailer and they wanted to know about the concept behind it and, huh. and how it came to be and wanted to see it. And I thought, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing the wrong kind of work, that this is what people are inspired about. And, and if, if this is what people are inspired about, maybe this is where my effort should be going to get people engaged in the ideas of, of sustainability and, and resilience. So that's, that's really kind of the foundation of, of where Rome Beyond has come from. Um, and what we realized once we launched Homegrown Trailers was that 99% of the people who were following us um, on social media, who signed up for our email list, were, were not going to buy a travel trailer and store it and maintain it and travel with it. They wanted to go and have an experience somewhere. And so that's where Rome Beyond came from, was the desire to provide people with a sustainable, kind of immersive, off-the-grid remote experience in a homegrown trailer. Very cool. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, and again, with this program, we're all about practical tangible ways that people can live more lightly on the land and in touch with the land. Um, so let's talk about the materials used in these trailers. Yeah, you bet. Um, we've, we've gone through a lot of iterations over the years of, um, of materials that um, have stuck with our, our core tenants of making sure that we're using renewable products, um, products that are harvested in a sustainable way, um, products that are um, are grown um, grown sustainably. So, you know, starting with the the main structure of the of the trailers, um, each one is made um, with wood, um, and we we work hard to source FSC certified wood um, to source wood that's um, free of urea and formaldehyde. So that's the NAUH um, um, certification. Um, and um, and then we also work with a company called Richlight, which is a local company down in Tacoma. Um, they make products out of 100% recycled paper. You may have seen the Epicurean cutting boards. Um, mm -hmm. So we make our countertops out of that material. Um, we use cork for the flooring. Um, and cork, um, as many people probably know, is, is a sustainably harvested product. And actually cork trees, um, when they are, are harvested, the cork bark is harvested appropriately, um, live longer and sequester more carbon over time. Yeah. Um, so the, the cork flooring is a great addition. Um, and then, you know, probably the biggest thing that we're doing is that we are proving the case that um, that a travel trailer, tiny home, small cabin can be run completely off the grid um, using solar. Um, and we, we do make some uh, some adjustments for the wintertime. Um, but uh, but in general, um, we can, you know, most of the year 
um, operate completely 100% off of solar power, producing all of its own energy, storing it in lithium ion batteries, just as an electric vehicle would do, and then using that energy um, as needed. Um, so a couple other cool things that we do is we use wool insulation, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, um, a product that is just starting to become kind of mainstream in the marketplace. But part of our hope is that not only are we building a sustainable product for people to utilize that they they are educated along the way in terms of of what we're using and, and maybe consider adding those things into their home if they're looking at remodeling okay. a home or building a new home you know as a real estate agent and in with infinity uh real estate and development that i work at we try to really promote and work with green and sustainable um uh, can't talk this morning green mm -hmm. and sustainable products and builders and we have a lot of clients who are really interested and a, a lot of the gap is how practical is it? How doable is right. it? Is it going right. to be expensive? Is this going to be hard? Cause you're buying a home, you're remodeling a home. That's a pretty big undertaking in and of itself. It is. And it's, it's, it's just that getting your mind around something new it, it is a big step. And so you're providing this opportunity for people to experience the comfort, the ease, the practicality of those things. And I think that that's, that's just so important. Um, now you have a new offering actually that you're, you launched yesterday in, uh, in Montana. Is that correct? Uh, we do. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did just open our, uh, our new glacier location outside glacier national park in Montana. Um, and I should probably, okay. probably, give you a little a little overview of, of Rome Beyond and, and what it is we do and, and why we're doing it in Montana. Yes. Yes, um, thank you. Sorry. So we um, we decided to provide people with experiences starting in 2019. And so um, what we do is um, is we are building a fleet of homegrown trailers that are, are migratory in nature. So um, sticking with the, the nature theme, we move with the seasons um, and we're providing lodging um, and experiences in really unique remote areas. Um, Areas that may not be accessible to traditional lodging, um, areas that uh, may be too sensitive for traditional lodging, um, or areas where it just doesn't make sense because there's not the infrastructure um, to put in traditional lodging. But because we run autonomously and, and off the grid, we can we can provide those experiences just about anywhere. Um, and so we have we've made a, a switch and um, um, have moved part of our fleet to Montana. Uh, we'll be back in Washington um, in the springtime. Um, but we're, we're offering a really exciting um, winter kind of wonderland experience. Um, so we have two locations, one outside Glacier National Park um, and one up in Whitefish, um, which is kind of the, the outdoor recreation hub um, of, mm -hmm. uh, of Northwest Montana. That is so great. Um, I mean, and, and but one of the things that I know about this is this was a pivot for you. It, it's and it's a, yes. sounds like it's a beautiful silver lining, if you will. Um, and and you are always good at at finding opportunity and seeking opportunity and making things work. And this sounds really great, but you actually had a pretty traumatic experience this summer that I know impacted both your business model and, and your operations um, right. with the fires in, the, in, in Yakima. Can you, can you speak to that and speak to the climate change impacts that you have experienced firsthand? Absolutely. You know, I mean, a big part of why we launched Rome Beyond um, was to provide people with immersive experiences in nature. Um, years ago, when I was just starting my, my professional career, um, I did my, my master's program at um, University of Washington in Islandwood over in Bainbridge Island. Um, and so I spent a year doing kind of immersive environmental education for elementary students. Um, and seeing the, the transformation that kids go through when they get out into a truly natural space and a truly wild space, um, especially if they haven't experienced that before and how quickly their understanding of natural systems and their respect for nature and their desire to be a steward of nature increases. Um, 
we've really wanted to be able to bring that to the masses and bring that to you know, families, to individuals, to adults, you know, urban and rural people alike, um, people who have and have not had those experiences with nature. Um, and, and with the idea that the more people who connect, the more people who immerse themselves in nature, the better stewards they're going to be in their day-to-day -day lives. Um, and so, yes, we are trying to, you know, scale and build a business that will scale, um, but do it in a very sustainable way and with an impact in mind that um, hopefully everyone who comes and stays with us goes home a better person in the long run. So, you know, mitigating climate change, um, addressing climate change, um, being a positive force in, tr in terms of climate change has been a big part of what we've wanted to focus on. And, and um, so it was very um, apropos, I guess, um, that um, our business had a major impact from climate change this summer. Um, it was um, Wednesday morning before uh, Labor Day weekend, and I got a call from our partner um, where we leased the property for our Yakima River Canyon site. The uh, the Canyon River Lodge is just downstream from us, and we we lease their campground and and run a roam beyond site there, or ran a roam beyond site there this summer. Um, and he said, um, "We're really concerned about the fire. It's the winds are picking up, and it's starting to to burn out of control." And we knew there was a small fire. Um, it was a few few hundred acres. Um, by the time I got in the car that morning, it was a few thousand acres. Um, and by the end of that day, it was about 17,000 acres. Um, and the, the concern was that the fire was coming towards the, the canyon where we have our site. Um, and as soon as the fire hit that canyon, um, it would move very, very quickly um, down towards the water and more than likely jump the river um, and, and threaten um, all of our assets and, and all of our trailers and, and our Rome Beyond site um, across the river. Um, so we we spent the better part of it was about 30 hours um evacuating everything from the property um and and remind you know or just remember that this was right before labor day weekend our biggest weekend of the year right. we were completely 100 percent booked um and we had a whole bunch of um, farm to table experiences planned for september um and um we had to we had to evacuate we had to move everything and, and i had a very emotional moment um about six o'clock in the morning as we were um finishing up the evacuation which we've been doing most of the night um, and I think through exhaustion and just um, realizing what was happening, that everything that we were trying to um, address being climate change was now causing issues. And, you know, some people will say that wildfires were not necessarily brought on by climate change, but this particular area has never seen a wildfire like this before. Um, the winds that we had over that time period were, um, were something like nobody had ever experienced. Um, mm -hmm. Swirling winds, gusting winds. Um, the, the winds were so intense that the, um, the sand would blow and you couldn't see anything. Um, and unlike anything that, that anyone who lives in the valley or works in the valley, valley um, had seen previously. And so, um, you know, I obviously um, have a scientific background and have done a lot of reading research on climate change. And I have no doubt that this, this event was brought on by climate change. Um, and here we are, a business that's trying to combat it having to evacuate. So I had a very emotional moment, which I shared with the world and um, um, thousands of people have, have seen that emotional moment, um, but it was, it was important for me to share kind of that vulnerability. And, and it really gave us a reminder that we need to take a firmer stance in terms of a business um, on climate change and, and what we're gonna do about climate change. No, and I, I am, I'm grateful. And it was on something that Corey shared on social media that I, that I witnessed and you're just, your, your honestness and, and heartfelt it was, it was kind of gut-wrenching to watch, but it was yeah. real, it was honest, it was happening. And, and I think that that is really critical because this is a crisis. I mean, the, on this show, we, I mean, the, I, there is no doubt in my mind that the intensity and the heat and the uh, frequency of the fires that we're experiencing now 
are a result of climate change right. happening to our world. It literally is, you know, it was literally impacting your business in that moment. And, right. and you had the courage and the clarity and felt the urgency to speak that. And I think that that kind of, I mean, that sort of communication is really needed because it's just, it's, it's what's real. So um, I, I applaud you. I know you weren't necessarily, you know, you just did what you had to do in that moment, but I applaud and appreciate that you did that. Well, I think it's I think it's important, and honestly, I, I wasn't sure I was going to share it with the world. I texted it to my business partner, and, and <laughs> he got a hold of our PR yeah. consultant and our, our marketing team, and said, "This this this is part of our story. This the world needs to see this message," um, and it and it all went out quickly. And we were featured on um, King Five and Coma Four and Q13 Fox News that night um, as well. Um, and I think um, that that message came to obviously a lot of people throughout the state um, in, in a time of crisis. Um, and not that the time of crisis has gone away, but um, the crisis is always heightened when it's something like a natural disaster. Right, it was, it was, it was immediate. We are just at a time that we need to go to break for a little bit. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, this is the Sustainability Sessions. I'm your host, Rebecca Sayre. We're talking with Corey Weathers of Rome Beyond. And he's talking, we're gonna come back and have a really interesting discussion about um, what we see as some of the key trends in the future of travel and how we can be regenerative and manage these issues in a way that um, is more in sync as than being out of sync with um, the communities and the environments that we're visiting. So we we'll look forward to that and we'll be back in a moment. Is ADHD or dyslexia holding you or someone you love back? Do you struggle to organize, process information, concentrate, or even remember things? Or has a brain injury impacted your life? At A Bit Better Brain, we have a simple, fast, and natural solution. The brain integration technique clears the blocked pathways in your brain so you can live life unhindered. Visit abitbetterbrain.com to hear real stories of real transformation. That's abitbetterbrain.com. Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You'll receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit TrueHealth.com, that's T-R-U-Health.com, and schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. Don't miss out. Just two weeks left to pick fresh organic blueberries at Hazel Blue Acres in Silvana. Exit 208 off I-5. It's a great activity for friends, family, and it's COVID safe. After mid-September, place an online order at hazelblueacres.com. Curbside pickup Tuesdays 2 to 6, Saturdays 9 to 2. Buy a famous Whidbey Island Wild Crow Organic Blueberry Pie, blueberries, hazelnuts, or wild-caught salmon. Visit hazelblueacres.com today and place your order. 
Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Coming up next is an encore presentation of Lift Your Spirits Radio. Set your intention Dream with care Good morning. This is the Sustainability Sessions. I am your host, Rebecca Sayre, and I'm talking today um, with my friend, Corey Weathers. He's coming from Montana. Are, are you in Whitefish? I am in Whitefish right now. Yeah, Whitefish, Montana, Northwest. White- Whitefish, Montana, where he has just launched a new uh, program as part of his Rome Beyond Travel Company. And we just talked about that that pivot really took place because he had an operation in the Yakima Canyon and it burned this summer in an unprecedented climate change fueled fire. And that has led the company that has always been focused on sustainability and community to really deepen uh, your stance on climate change, sharpen your message on climate change. And you were just saying during the break, Corey, um, how, you know, and every, everything that happens, there is opportunity. And I think we need to take the reality of what's happening in the world as opportunity to grow and to shift and to change, because that's what we've got. Right, right. Um, that you have been connecting with a broader array of folks through the travel com- uh, community internationally who are really thinking big on how do we travel differently? How do we you know, live more sustainably? How do we significantly reduce our carbon impacts? And um, I know you were recently part of a panel. I was. On this matter. Do you want to talk about that panel and then kind of talk about the, the, some of the larger trends that you're, you're seeing? Yeah, I, I, I do. And I think, you know, I think that the time is is right, um, you know, uh, politically in terms of the state of the world with the climate crisis. Um, I was recently reading an article about David Suzuki, the, the environmental environmentalist and conservationist. And and he was talking about the fact that in a time of crisis, that is when people are able to go through the the greatest and, and, and biggest changes. Um, and I think um, the travel industry, as we all know, is in a state of crisis because of the pandemic. Um, the the world, in terms of cr- climate change, is in in a in a state of crisis as well. Um, and I think it's it's spawned the conversation um, of many people in the travel industry wanting to to change and reduce those environmental impacts. Um, so, um, when it comes to um, when it comes to this this network that's come together, um, the Adventure Travel Trade Association, which is one of the the big um, um, kind of influencers in the travel industry, um, has put together a program called Tomorrow's Air, um, which is all about um, working with the travel industry to to capture and store carbon. And I, I know a lot of people have probably offset carbon emissions when they've traveled. Um, they've um, um, uh, done a program that, that sequesters carbon. But yeah. the, the big need globally right now is not just to sequester it and capture it, but it's to actually store it. Um, and so there are mm-hmm. some new companies and the one that Tomorrow's Air works with is in Sweden where they actually capture carbon out of the atmosphere and they turn it into rock um, and and essentially That's build amazing. rock formations with it. It is amazing. Um, <laughs> and it's it's probably the one true way that we can make um, you know monumental strides forward in terms of reducing carbon emissions and reducing the, the carbon saturation in the environment. Um, and the the travel industry has probably one of the biggest impacts from airline um, right. to um, vehicles, um, to hotels. Um, and obviously there's a lot that's being done 
around the world in terms of reducing carbon emissions, but ultimately um, we have more carbon in the atmosphere than our world can handle. And so that carbon has to be captured and stored. And this is a great way to do it. So the, the panel is focused on um, bringing leaders in the travel industry together to make big strategic decisions um, in terms of capturing their carbon and um, and making those commitments. And there are a couple of companies, not necessarily even travel companies, you know, have that have made those commitments. Um, obviously, Microsoft um, has has launched its big initiative. Um, Amazon has done done that recently as well. Um, Stripe, um, the credit card processing company, just made a big commitment and they work with a lot of travel brands um, yeah. to um, to capture um, all of their carbon emissions associated with their operations, which includes servers and um, uh, employee transportation and air travel and all of that, um, and capture and store that, those carbon emissions. So the challenge with the storage is that it's very expensive, um, but if you get a critical mass of big companies who make a commitment, um, then that infrastructure can be built more so over time. So. I mean, a that, lot of what I that's did. That's what's exciting yeah. about this is is I keep it's it's infrastructure, right? And so it is. we live and hearkening back to our earlier work dealing with stormwater infrastructure. Yeah, right. we deal with systems now in our cities all over the world that are like 100, 150 years old. That that's the technology that we had at the time. It's changing. It's and and we need to update that. And I do this. This is just the same thing. It's it's it's. The next frontier we're learning how to shift and live differently and these technologies are available to make those changes so it's actually pretty exciting to me it is it is very exciting and you know that the technology is only going to be available though when that critical mass of people come together um right. and so the idea of a, a collective of, of people making a, a shared combined commitment um to make something happen is is really i think what the world needs in order to to move forward, um, especially on on issues like like climate change. Well, I think I think that that's really exciting. And can you talk a little bit about also the community aspect? When we spoke the other day about how the, there's a rethinking on how people yes. engage with the communities visited, because again, people get impacted by tourist economies, and and there are, there are people really thinking about how to do that better. There are, and my my business partner Jake Halpert um, has uh, has spearheaded the Transformational Travel Council, which is a, a global consortium of of travel um, um, entities. So whether um, you know experience providers, lodging providers, um, booking agents, travel designers, um, who really see the need for us to rethink um, what travel is all about, what it provides. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of impacts from over tourism um, of areas that mm -hmm. um, have been oversaturated um, with, uh, with with tourists, um, natural areas, um, you know, the, these places that are kind of, I guess I'll say Instagram worthy, um, that people want to go and have, you know, a picture taken that they, they mm -hmm. flock to in droves um, is really not a sustainable way for those um, those destinations, those local communities to operate. And of course, it has a major impact on the, the natural environment. The pandemic has done a very interesting thing to the travel industry in that um, it's it's for people who are still traveling and there are still a por uh, you know, portion of the population that are traveling. Um, people are seeking more remote, more um, dispersed destinations and, and over tourism may in many ways kind of cure itself in the years to come. Now, the challenge is how do you maintain that? How do these local communities maintain that? And I think the way that that happens is by providing travel experiences that are more immersive and have more meaning to them. Um, so instead of somebody, um, you know, doing a 10 day trip, it's going to visit five or six destinations and, and be, you know, in each one for hours um, and then move on to the next. Um, they're going to want to be going to a place where they can immerse themselves and have a more profound experience in that community. Um, so 
more of their dollars are going to be funneled into that community. Um, they um, are going to want to have more of an authentic interaction with the community. Um, and so I think we're going to see new programs popping up. Um, and I think we're going to see people traveling in a very different way, traveling to more natural-based areas, more rural areas, um, spreading out um, around the country, around the globe um, as they travel, instead of hitting those, you know, those same kind of top 10 bucket list sites. Um, Brian Chesky, the CEO of Airbnb, just did an interview um, with Guy Raz on NPR, um, mm -hmm. talking about where he sees travel heading and the, the trends that Airbnb is seeing. And I think, you know, if Airbnb is seeing a major shift in where people are traveling and how they're traveling, that's a pretty good indicator good of what's going on on a global scale. Um, yeah. You also spoke about, which I found really interesting, just, and, and I've participated in things like this myself, but I was interested to hear you say this was happening on, on a, a larger level, but the concept of giving back to the communities visited. Right. Yeah. I, and I think that comes along with people wanting a more authentic experience um, and, and traveling in a way um, that they get more meaning out of it. You know, a lot of people go and experience things. They take photos, they go and see things. They, you know, can show their friends a slideshow, but how many of them can come back with a story of, you know, I met, um, a local individual. I worked with a local entity while I was there. Um, I had an impact, a beneficial impact on that community. Um, whether they, you know, planted native species as part of their experience, um, they did a, you know, a, a stream cleanup project. Um, but adding something like that into that travel experience, um, I think, brings a whole nother layer of um, of excitement and engagement to travel. But it also starts pushing on that idea of regenerative travel. Um, Travel is very impactful. The carbon emissions associated with traveling, with flying, with driving, um, the the impact of um, over tourism areas, um, and so rethinking the kinds of experiences that people can have that gives back to a local community and leaves that place better than they found it um, is not only needed globally, but I think very very rewarding. And if done well, and if done authentically, um, is is a highly desirable place for people to put their dollars and and people to and for the experiences of people to have. I think you're going to see a big departure from, you know, going to a beach environment and sitting on the beach and lathering up in sunscreen and drinking cocktails. I think I think that we're going to see a lot less of that in the future, especially after the pandemic and more of people going out and um, and having truly raw, authentic experiences um, and interacting with other cultures. And that just yeah. makes people more aware and more engaged. Right. And then again, that's so interesting to see that that's that's being witnessed as, as an international trend. And you do feel that that COVID has been a factor in this. I think I think COVID has been a huge factor. I think the, the challenge is going to be that can the travel industry and especially these smaller travel brands stay resilient throughout this period, especially if um, there's been a big reduction in the number of people who have been traveling with them or coming to their destinations um, and and can they put pieces in place to um, to offer these more authentic experiences in the future? I think Rome Beyond is very fortunate that we've been very resilient because we're offering a socially distant experience. We're offering you know, immersive experiences okay. out in nature. Um, I mean, if you look at the trends for what people did for travel this summer, people were not hopping on a plane and flying to Paris. They were getting in the car and driving to a national park. And that's exactly the kind of experience that we catered to. Um, so we were fortunate to be very resilient throughout this time period, as have a lot of other glamping type um, providers. Um, but, you know, folks who rely on international travelers coming to their destination um, have really suffered. But it's also given, I think, those that have the capacity, time to reflect and, and think about making changes. And that's where we're seeing the, the most 
unique work coming out of the Transformational Travel Council right now is that that while people are not catering to tourists, they have the time to rethink their brands, to rethink what they're offering, to rethink their experiences, to build better programs so that when travel does resume in the months to come, they'll be more prepared for a new type of experience to offer to the world. I, I think that's so exciting. And I think that it's, um, it's I'm, I'm so happy that, that your bottle uh, is, is working during this time. And I'm imagining that our listeners out there, are, are their interest is peaked. What is your email address, Corey, at Rum Beyond, just for people who want to check it out? Yeah, so they can, if they want booking information, it's just bookings at roambeyond.travel. Um, if you want to connect with me personally, it's Corey W at roambeyond.travel. I'm happy to, happy to connect you with my team if you have ideas or if you want to, uh, to come and have an experience. Um, and, um, you know, you can find out all about what we're doing um, on the website at, at roambeyond.travel. And we do a lot of posting um, and a lot of stories on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, so that's a good place to, to follow us and, and kind of keep apprised of, of what's, uh, what's going on and, and what we're working on. Um, and we will be making announcements soon um, about uh, new locations uh, coming to Washington this spring. Um, we're looking at expanding to the south next winter as well, um, down into Southern California and uh, Arizona, Arizona and, um, and Utah areas as well. Um, so, so lots of, lots of great opportunities and offerings coming in the future as well. That's great. And I, I want to just underscore for folks who are listening and interested in this. Uh, I have not actually gone on one of these adventures yet. I have however been in the trailers and I just want to say they're, they're adorable. I can't think of a better word. It's, it's a good word. Yeah. They're just adorable. I mean, and it's such a comfortable feel and space and flow and it's pretty amazing how much you get into these small spaces i think so. our i think our two our two main comments when people walk in are are cute or adorable and <laughs> i can't believe how big it is so we, we say they're deceptively spacious uh, they're 126 <laughs> square feet inside um but more often than not, um, people walk in and, and they're surprised. Um, there's lots of headroom, almost seven feet tall. There's a queen bed, an actual queen bed, not a RV queen bed, but an actual queen bed. We work with Stumptown mattresses out of uh, Portland, so they make them out of sustainable materials. Um, and there's a dining area or bunks. There's a full kitchen, a bathroom with a shower and a toilet. Um, you know, all with sustainability in mind. So it's it it is it's always fun to watch new people walk in and and uh, especially if they've seen it but they haven't actually been in one. Um, and, and I think they're always very pleasantly surprised at how comfortable and how spacious it actually is. Cool. We've got a few minutes before we have to go to our next break. And can you tell us a little bit more about, you were telling me about some of the broader offerings that you're going to have at, at your two sites in Montana. Again, these things that he just opened these up. I want to tell everybody, I appreciate this. Corey, there was a big windstorm last night. He texted me at like 745 and he's like, I'm coming in. You know, I don't know if you were personally clearing trees, but, you know, it's a very real experience and they're just launching and, and there's some pretty neat things. You've got, you've got Glacier National Park is one. We do. And yep. Whitefish. So what are some of the um, details of those sites? Yeah. If, if you've never been to um, this area of Montana in the wintertime, it is truly uh, an outdoor Mecca. Um, uh, Whitefish Mountain or previously Big Mountain. We like to call it Big Mountain. Um is one of the top 10 ski destinations in the country. And it's probably one of the, the less crowded um, ski destinations um, in the area as well. Uh, my wife actually um, grew up in, in the area and, 
and skied um, on a regular basis at Whitefish Mountain as a as a kid. She was up there with our our kids on Wednesday. Uh, they didn't have a didn't have virtual school, so they were up skiing. Um, tons tons of snowshoeing. Um, the the Whitefish Foundation's done an amazing job um, developing over 100 miles of interconnected trails um, that in the summertime are single track mountain biking trails, and in the wintertime are snowshoeing and and uh, and cross country skiing trails. Um, uh, Glacier National Park has um, some amazing things to see in the wintertime. You can snowshoe, you can cross-country ski, you can hike, depending on what the conditions are like. Um, our glacier location is less than 20 minutes into the park, um, so incredibly close to go and have that experience. Um, and then we're working with um, a lot of local providers. Um, so we have somebody who offers sleigh rides, um, horse-drawn sleigh rides. Um, we have somebody who does dog sledding. You can actually spend a, a morning with a, with a, um, a couple that runs dog sledding, get to go dog sledding and have lunch um, out in a, a remote area. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a lot of snowmobiling, which, you know, we have kind of mixed feelings about snowmobiling. It's an amazing way to get deep into the backcountry. Um, but there are a lot of companies that are working on electric snowmobiles, which is very cool um, because not only are they, um, you know, not polluting and don't have to run that two cycle engine, um, but they're also quiet. Um, and part of the biggest challenge with snowmobiles is going to these amazing remote, you know, right. areas that are just, you know, blanketed in snow in an incredibly noisy machine. Right, right. Um, and so being able to do it on something that's quiet um, is is quite exciting. And so Polaris is working on a, um, a production model um, hey, electric well, Corey, snowmobile. if you could hold that thought, we're talking yeah. with Corey Weathers of Rome Beyond. Uh, he's talking about some really big trends in the travel industry as well as his own company and what they're offering. We're gonna go to break. Um, it is, tell me the website again, Corey. Roambeyond.travel. Roambeyond.travel. We'll be back in a few minutes. This is the Sustainability Sessions, and I am your host, Rebecca Sayre. Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. This week, get on the dance floor. Put some music on, find something from your past that lifts your spirits, and move. Do it while you're doing housework. I used to do it with my kids after dinner. Somebody would do the dishes, somebody would put the food away, and then we would like sweep the floor, and we would all dance around for about a half hour doing our chores. It was a lovely time. So right now we need to lift our spirits and do the things that bring us joy. So this week's prescription is to dance to your favorite music, anything that has really great memories, anything in a good time of your life, and then maybe even put on an album. I know it sounds crazy or a CD, but that's what we used to call it. I have original uh, musicians that I follow, and when I hear their music through the whole album, I feel like a different person. When you put on the radio, sometimes you hear random music that brings up memories, and maybe they're not so good. So find an album from your past that lifts your spirits and put it on time. Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Do you feel stressed, exhausted, or burned out? Would you like to identify your unique warning signs and know what to do? Are you ready to learn how to calm your system and increase your energy so you are healthier, happier, and more productive? Learn from an expert. I transform my life from burnout to bliss, and you can too. Go to MarlaWilliams.net Click on Learn and sign up for my Burnout Prevention Formula course and move from burnout to bliss in just six weeks or less. Are you looking for a realtor? Rebecca Sayer, 
From Infinity Real Estate and Development in Seattle is a real estate broker with a passion for helping people with an enjoyable and successful home buying experience. Infinity is focused on empowering positive futures for each of our clients as well as the community. With a deep local knowledge in green and sustainable properties and housing models, Rebecca is committed to connecting people with the right property. She can help you access a home that will increase your quality of life, reduce electromagnetic and toxic product exposure, plus your carbon footprint. Rebecca serves on the Northwest Eco Building Guild's Education Committee, where she is helping develop a series of courses for people who have an interest in living more sustainably, be it in a home or an apartment, through classes that share the tricks, tools, and resources available. To connect with an agent that serves you and your community, reach out to Rebecca at Rebecca at InfinityRed.com today. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 a.m. KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150kknw. Coming up next is an encore presentation of Lift Your Spirits Radio. Hi there, this is the Sustainability Sessions, and I am your host, Rebecca Sayre. Um, on this program, we try to dive into ways that people can live, uh, you know, live their lives and practically and tangibly reduce our impacts on the environment, live more lightly on the land. And today we're talking with my uh, old friend, Corey Weathers, who has a great uh a great business that he launched about what seven years ago more or less yeah it's been about six years yeah okay uh basically uh started with building sustainable you have certified wood sustainable materials uh clean energy travel trailers that has morphed into this uh broader travel offering called roam beyond he is just launching some really cool offerings in montana uh, this happened to be in part largely because of a climate fueled fire in Yakima made him have to change his plans all of a sudden this summer. But uh, even you are now as of uh, yesterday launching uh, these new offerings in Whitefish and Glacier. Uh, and we were just talking about how this is giving you an opportunity to work with the local community and you're actually doing some really cool um, R&D on um, different technologies and different ways that people can, we can do our thing, but we can evolve how we do it and be less impactful. In fact, you were just talking about electric snowmobiles. Right, Those right. Quiet and it, it's quiet snowmobiles. Um, yeah, and you know, a lot of what we've- Snowmobiles, but now I may not hate them. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I think that sentiment is um, kind of across the spectrum for people who like to get outdoors and and snowshoe and cross-country ski and kind of be at peace in nature until you hear a snowmobile coming. Um, but it is, if you've ever um, ridden snowmobiles, which I have, 
um, it is a lot of fun <laughs> and it is an amazing way to go and see some places that there is no way you would make it to on foot. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of being able to access these really remote and unique um, backcountry areas and do it in a sustainable way um, and do it in a quiet way um, is is incredibly desirable. Uh, so we've, we've really tried with homegrown trailers um, to, to focus on um, utilizing new technologies and doing research and development on new technologies. And, and one of the things I'm really passionate about on our Roam Beyond properties is using them to try out new technologies and see what is feasible to one, make the experience better for customers, but two, to continually drive um, better sustainable technology, um, uh, better products um, that are going to last and, and truly allow us to live um, in a more sustainable um, way, and in many ways, in a more regenerative way as well as we move forward. So um, we, we've we recently um, uh, tried out some new solar panels. Um, we're doing testing okay. on those. Um, a little hard to do testing in the wintertime, but um, that this uh, this summer we uh, we tried them out, um, working with some new battery technologies, um, lithium ion battery storage technologies. All of this technology and all of um, um, these products are really, really moving very rapidly. Um, and because we both manufacture and provide the experience, we're a perfect testing ground um, to try things out. Because I'll tell you what, if a customer can break something in the trailer or while staying with some of the property, they will figure out a way to break it. Um, and so if we can continually make it better um, or easier to use or um, more intuitive, um, then all the better, both for us as a company and for our, um, our our partners, because a lot of the people that manufacture things for us, we give them feedback on a regular basis of, if this product just did this, it would be so much more user-friendly for the customer. Um, and I think we're getting to a point where we're ordering enough of those products that we're starting to have an impact on how things are produced um, and why they're produced in a particular way. Yeah, um, and that's one of the things we were just talking about is a lot of this stuff as we move towards and it's funny, I keep thinking that last Earth Day, there was a, a quote that I've heard a million times, but it really resonated with me this year, is that there's no waste in nature. So in natural right. systems, you know, before humans kind of went off on our trajectory, things, things it was a closed loop system and everything had kind of worked its way to working together. And I, I see it that that's what we as human beings need to, one way or the other, we're gonna get back to that equilibrium. And there's so many opportunities. And it's like this new frontier of technologies and things that we're learning. And so you're, you know, I love that you're, you're, you're helping create that testing ground, helping build that scale um, and, and making it feasible. And, you know, like we talked about right at the beginning of the show, you know, business has to play a very key role in that. Um, the, yeah. you know, um, government and, and nonprofit is probably not going to have the bandwidth to um, do research and development and, and figure out, you know, the best ways for us to, to produce new products, create and, new consumer and, and experiences, it's whatever it may be. be. Implemented by the people who are doing the day-to-day -day stuff, or there's, you know, one of the things we said at the beginning of the program for, you know, for me as a real estate agent, and then we work with a lot of, uh, you know, green builders and, and people ask us for a lot of green remodeling advice. Um, sure. It, the question is mainly, well, it's budget, and it's just uncertainty. It's just, right. does it work? Yeah. I know this one thing this way, and this is a big thing that I'm doing, buying a home or remodeling a home or building a home. I want to know that this other great idea that I'm really into, yeah. does it actually work? And so the more we can you know, work these things out and make this the norm, and make it feasible that's i think that's the critical path it absolutely is and i, I like the term social proof 
um, that oftentimes it's hard for us to jump on board with something new until there's proof from our social circle um, that these things actually work and they make sense and that they're they're fun and they make our lives better and they're better for the environment. And you know, social media pay, plays a big role in that, and it can be used in the right way to um, to validate um, the concept. One of the things that I I, um, I think is is quite fun just from our experience over the last few weeks is that um, we launched booking um, in early December um, for our sites in Montana. But it wasn't until we had our first friends and family and influencers, social media influencers on site, um, and they were showing pictures of them having the experience that our bookings really took off. And from a social proof standpoint, people went glamping in the winter in a trailer outside Glacier National Park. That sounds cold <laughs> and scary, cold. kind of, um, but it's not, right? It's incredibly cozy. It's an amazing way to go and experience the outdoors and to be right there in nature. And once people started sharing and, um, and showcasing the experience they were having and, and how amazing it was, um, our, our bookings took off. Um, and so I think that social proof resonates across the board that, you know, it took a long time for solar to take on. It took a long time for electric cars to take on. But once they did, once we had that social proof that this is this is the way of the future, and you know everyone's doing it, um, it we've That's seen dramatic increase in the instance of solar and electric cars across the board. It's a building of trust, I think. Trust yeah, is yeah. a key issue. Um, as we as we move towards the end of the hour, it's it's always amazing to me how quickly th this hour goes. Um, I know. <laughs> It, it seems like it's going to be a lot, and, and then we move through a lot of things. But earlier in the program, uh, and when we spoke on the phone the other day, we, we talked about just this incredibly important issue of, of people connecting to nature and having that experience and having that understanding. And could you could you speak just a little bit more? Uh, you, you said a lot of really interesting things when we spoke the other day about what you're witnessing with Rome Beyond, how people are responding. Yeah, I, I mean, just to give a little background and, and context on it, um, everybody loves nature. I don't think there are people out there that don't have some sort of connection or affinity for nature, whether it's seeing a bird in a park, um, having a potted plant in the house, um, you know, going out and spending, um, you know, three or four days back backpacking. Um, everybody has kind of their different level of nature. Um, but what science has shown and proven, um, especially, you know, more recently, um, is that nature is critical to our existence. Um, that if yeah. we don't have a dose of nature on a regular basis, almost a daily basis, um, it's hard for us to focus. Um, it's hard for us to be happy. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of association with um, anxiety, um, with depression, um, with medical conditions for people who don't get enough exposure to nature. It's and it's one of those things that that's- we're, we're a part of, that we've just lost- It is. Of. We have, um, you know, in many ways, we've 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 lost our way, um, and we've built our world around being indoors um, and being disconnected with nature. Um, you know, one of the reasons, besides wanting to have something for adventures, that we developed the homegrown trailer initially was when you go out in nature to a national park, to a state park, to a remote area. The last thing you want to do is dis, you know, be disconnected from what you're going out to experience. So the big windows, the natural materials, having something that fits into a natural landscape was really important to us. But but mostly was being able to have a comfortable way and um, a way to go and connect with nature on a on a regular basis. Um, and so we've really tried to integrate that into into what we're doing. Um, and I think COVID has really heightened that. Um, it's really um, 
for people who've been cooped up at home, who've been quarantined, especially people who live in the city, um, who don't have nature, you know, around the corner, um, and have not been going out um, hiking, have not been going out and doing the things that they typically um, do, um, it's it's created a stronger draw and a stronger allure for people to um, go and experience nature. Glacier National Park um, um, closed um, in Montana in early, early summer and did not open until I think June or July, which is later than it typically does. Um, it actually had a record year regardless. And in October, they had more visitors to Glacier National Park in a single month than they have in the history of the park. Um, and I think that says a lot for both the type of um, travel people want, but the type of experience people are seeking. They they want to get back to nature. And, and I talked about Brian Chesky, um, and I, I encourage you guys to go and listen. It's like a 25-minute um, interview with Guy Raz, but it's really intriguing. And he Guy talks Raz about, is the CEO of Airbnb. Uh, Brian Chesky is the CEO of Airbnb. Oh, Guy, Guy Raz is the um, host oh, of How I Built This Podcast on NPR. Um, and it's... I. I, I tell you that podcast in many ways has gotten me through the last couple of years um, because okay. it's all entrepreneurs talking about their experience. But Brian okay. Chesky talks about the, the fact that every American lives within a tank of gas of a national park. Um, and those are the experiences that people are seeking, seeking out. Now, imagine if it was a fully charged electric vehicle or within a, the range of a fully charged electric vehicle okay. of a national park. Um, but um, but I, I think in general, we're seeing this shift. And I think people are finding that nature is therapeutic, um, that it uh, it helps reduce the stress and anxiety that's come with the pandemic. And I think that the pandemic, as challenging and as horrible as it's been, has reintroduced a lot of people to nature. And um, my hope is that um, it's kind of an awakening um, that that nature is needed and it is important and it is an important part of our, our daily lives. And so what we're focused on um, is giving people a chance to come out and safely and comfortably immerse themselves in a natural setting. Um, and, you know, in Montana, um, you're going to be outside in the winter, um, and that's challenging for people to do, but we've set it up in such a way um, that people can can really embrace that. They have a cozy cabin to retreat to. They've got beautiful outdoor spaces where they can, um, you know, be outside um, and cook outside and even in the wintertime um, and really enjoy that. There's a, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher it because um, I, I just will. There's a, um, um, a Scandinavian term, um, uh, Fruits, fruits love, it's called, which is the idea of embracing the cold and embracing mm -hmm. the winter and being outdoors and in open air spaces. Um, and they say there is no bad weather, there is just bad clothing. Um, so it's all about being prepared to be outdoors, to have that experience um, and to kind of immerse yourself in, in nature. Yeah, I love that. And then there's also the classic, you know, Hugo, which is the, which I'm not doing it justice, but the, the Norwegian and Swedish yes. term of just being cozy and and all, it's sort of the flip side of the I think it's Fruslav. Um, yes. Again, I'm trying to harken back to my great grandmother's accent, which I can't. Do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's like with 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 Rome Beyond. I just want to reiterate for folks out there. I'm so excited that my friend Corey is launching um, is doing such good work and also launching a new endeavor in Montana. And you've got both the cozy. And they and the outdoor experience all in one. And yes, it's, yes. It's, and you're you're really you're 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 trying to. You've always been this way. You know, be the leading edge of how, how and ask this question: How do we do what we need to do, and live sustainably, and 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 really engage in the systems uh, that you're working with, and uh, from testing uh, products that are energy efficient and exposing people to living with green 
materials and creating re regenerative travel experiences. I think this is just really great. Um, we've got just a couple of minutes left. So again, what is your uh, web address, Corey? It is roambeyond.travel. It's R-O-A-M, so roambeyond.travel. Right, and I think, and, and just again, for anybody who's tuned in the last minute, what is, we've got a minute left. What is your, you know, what is your elevator pitch about what you're offering with Rome Beyond? Yep. We are all about getting people immersed in nature, um, getting them outdoors um, and, and exploring, but doing it in a, in a safe and comfortable way. Um, we provide the homegrown trailers on our property, um, which is a, a beautiful and comfortable cozy cabin on wheels um, that we move adorable. with the seasons to, to different locations. Adorable. Um, and, um, and we've just launched in Montana. So we have two new locations, one outside Glacier National Park and one in Whitefish. So if people are looking for a good socially distant, um, a healthy way to travel this winter, um, a way to get outdoors um, and even quarantine, um, as we say with, uh, with another group of friends, um, we have our Haven experience where you can have two cabins and a shared outdoor space. Um, so um, right. look forward to seeing everyone in Montana or back in Washington this spring. Wonderful. Well, congratulations. Good luck with this launch. I'm sure you will, it will go well. And if anything funky happens, you will handle it and make it work. That's and what I do. That's what you do. <laughs> that's what we appreciate about you. So good luck. And uh, thank you everyone out there for listening this morning. Uh, this has been the Sustainability Sessions. I'm your host, Rebecca Sayre. And everybody take care of one another out there. It's been kind of a 2021 is still a little bit crazy and we, we all need to take care of each other. Thank you.